you know, mysteries are are my favorite genre. Um, I read I read mysteries really all the time. I mean, I, I have to make myself read something other than a mystery. And when I travel, um, I try to read mysteries set in the place where I'm going. And it's surprising how much you can learn about a place if you're if you're reading an author who's doing like what I'm trying to do, place their characters in a real setting. So like we were um, recently in um, Denmark. We went to Copenhagen. And I found basically like the, the, the most popular and successful mystery writer in Denmark um, has a series and some of her work has been translated into English. So I read like three of them and, um, and it was great. So when I arrived, you know, I knew something about, oh, this is the neighborhood where that character lived. Hi, this is Stephanie Fallon. And this is Tony Russo. And you're listening to another episode of So What's Your Story? A podcast in which we talk to authors and writers about their writing, their stories behind the story, their writing process, and any other sort of miscellaneous writing stuff that we want to talk about. Today on the podcast, we have Kim Cash, a freelance writer and fiction novelist who has traveled the globe with pen in hand. A native Marylander, she was born in Greenbelt, Maryland, then spent some time living in California, a move that gave her a deeper appreciation for the Mid-Atlantic. Now, Kim splits her time between the Delmarva Peninsula and the Middle East and works as a freelance writer. In 2009, she wrote a best-selling travel book, Ocean City, A Guide to Maryland's Seaside Resort. Her fictional novel series is set against the backdrop of Ocean City, Maryland, and focuses on Jamie August, a newspaper reporter who won't stop digging for a good story and finds a bit of trouble along the way. The first in this series was Ocean City Lowdown, published in 2013, followed by Ocean City Cover-Up in 2015. So welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, I'm glad you came. I mean, this is probably the farthest anyone has traveled to be on the podcast. So <laughs> I think we're going to, you get a gold star for, for that. Right. Well, it was only halfway around the globe. I mean, yeah, so you came in from... Uh, from Saudi Arabia. From Saudi Arabia. Yep. Holy smokes. So yeah, you definitely get the gold star for... <laughs> before, we had a guy that came from Baltimore, so I think you've smashed that to, to uh, well, smithereens. believe me, it's my great pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, one of the things that you know I kind of wanted to talk about uh, kind of right away was uh, in, your, in your Jamie August series, she is such a neat character. Where did, where does she come from? Is she kind of solely like based on someone, you know, I think as writers, sometimes we do that. We, we have these characters that maybe we kind of base on ourselves or we don't, or we're like, Oh my gosh, like, yeah, this is my college roommate or, but she's very interesting. She's got this quirky personality. She's really kind of tenacious, but kind of lovely and weird at the same time. And I was just like, where did, where, how did she get born? Well, Jamie August is definitely a fictional character. She's not based on any one woman, um, but she is based on a bunch of people that I've just either grown up with or worked with or come in contact with um, throughout my life as a Marylander. To me, she's like the, the ultimate Marylander. She's like super Maryland woman. She's, oh, yeah, the um, Ravens jersey piece. You know, yeah. she loves Ravens jerseys. She's from Dundalk. She, you know, it was like her dream, her dream of life to move to Ocean City. That was like it. And she did. Right. And so I just feel like, you know, I, I like to celebrate the, you know, the ultimate small town Maryland girl who, like, is living the dream. Yeah, no, she's, and what's interesting about her is that she just has this, um, 
the quirks of Jamie August set against some of the, I don't want to say Ocean City's cheesy. It's kind of, some parts of it are well, kind of cheesy, yeah. right? But so you've got this like, <laughs> so I think it's, it, it, she kind of fits in Ocean City, right? I mean, it's kind that's of... That's what I was going for. You know, I'm glad that you think that that's true because I wanted to bring out the, the quirkiness and yeah, I mean, the cheesiness of Ocean City as a sort of a celebration. I mean, I've, I'm not trying to make fun of Ocean City or of Maryland culture or of the Maryland accent because, you know, I'm from here too. Um, but rather to to celebrate it and to try to explain it to people who maybe have never been here. Right. Well, yeah. Tony's ready to jump in. He's from New Jersey. Uh, so yeah. no, no, just no. jump in, Tony. Well, <laughs> it's one of, one of the things that, I mean, the, the, that seaside, um, that that the less expensive seaside resorts have in common. Right. All right. And it's like, it's like, so, so you said cheesy and my first thought was cheesy is tacky without apology. Right. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like, oh no, I know. I just don't care. Right. It's, it's <laughs> right. not, it's not, it's not a lack of self. I mean, all right. No, sometimes it's a lack of self-awareness, but a lot of times those are the Pennsylvanians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went there. <laughs> no, but he's from New Jersey. He'll go anywhere. <laughs> so this this idea that you can you can you can embrace it, you know, in a in a, in a very John Waters kind of way, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. is is something that must be must be difficult to bring about in print for the very reason that you if if because you you don't get to say to every person i'm not i'm not making fun i'm i'm being honest i'm 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 laughing with and not at mm-hmm. and so do you, do you find yourself like one of the one of the difficulties that i have is that i i'm not people are always like oh you should write humor i'm like no i'm just mean you know what i mean like in person <laughs> in person it's not a problem because you see that i'm not trying to be mean but in print i'm just mean like i don't i don't have that i can't bring that sense mm. of humor to to my excuse me fiction so would you would you talk about how you how you get that done a little bit? Well, you know, I I I hope that I'm successful in conveying that I'm I'm sort of gleeful rather than snarky, or that's my intention. Because no, it comes. It, no, you're right. It, it doesn't come across like right. put all, like I'm putting this down. I mean, it's it's like it's that embracing of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I. There's there's enough of an issue with me being very close to Washington D.C. Like I'm not from Baltimore, I'm from D.C. And right. so you know already that's a little strike against me down here. Right. <laughs> so it's a fine line, you know. I have to not sound like I'm being condescending because really I love Ocean City. You know, like even at its worst, even when like last night, it took me seven hours to get from Washington to Ocean City between traffic and weather and everything. Right. It was just a disaster. But whatever. I, you know, I, I got down here. And I feel like this is just a world away. And it feels like it's a world a little bit further away from Washington even than from Baltimore. And so, you know, even though I'm a born and raised Marylander, I'm not quite from here. Right. So I got to watch it. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm aware of that. I try to watch that. But do you find that when people read your novel... I would anticipate that most local people would be appreciative or would be like when I read it, I was like, Oh, I'm recognizing stuff. And you know, she's, she's got it right. She's describing it right. She's got the right flavor. She's got the right feel. 
And I mean, as a, as a, I was born and raised here, you know, so <laughs> you like, got the you know, cred. I'm, I'm a local girl. I got the, the old, like, so old blood in me that the mosquitoes don't bother me anymore. But, uh, you know, so, but I felt like you got the flavor of Ocean City in a way that, um, I don't, that I think, I, w- I would think your audience would be connecting positively with that. Well, I'm glad. And I mean, part of that is just getting, trying to get my facts right. You know, like when I write the novel, I have in front of me a map of Ocean City and I've got my, travel guide, which is increasingly out of date. I mean, I wrote it in 2008, but still, you know, the lay of the land doesn't change. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm writing about, you know, Jamie finding a body in the dumpster behind the ice cream place, like I make sure that there really is an ice cream place on that corner. Right. And the parking lot really is in the back. Right. So just little details like that, that, you know, a reader who's not from Ocean City isn't going to know or care, but those people from Ocean City are either going to catch me out in an error or I think are going to really appreciate that I got it right. Cause I know that when I read other people's fiction, you know, that's set locally, like in the DC area or, you know, I mean, there's a million thrillers set in Washington DC and I hate it when they get the geography wrong. Cause it's simple. It's easy. Yeah. There was a, I think the book, I might be getting this one, but I think it was along came a spider, I think. And it was made into a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the book, I'm pretty sure I'm telling this right, but there, there's a moment where a character's like on the west coast, uh, not west coast. He's on the western shore, right. and within 30 minutes was like on the eastern shore. Oh, yeah. And I was like, unless you flew, you didn't, <laughs> and they said like, and then drove in 30 minutes later was, you know. And I was like, yeah, that's so not gonna be how that works out for you. So, yeah, no, I yeah, totally yeah. that those little details that or that like matter. when they converge, like um, like in a movie. You're, you know, they're driving down a street in DC and then suddenly they're at Fell Point in Baltimore. It's like, well, wait, what happened here? Yeah. And, well, you know. it was just time yeah, travel. Most of us exactly. don't notice that. Yeah. Like, see, but that makes me it's crazy. Something, it, yeah. it, it's something, it's something that, that it's difficult to notice. But, mm-hmm. um, so I've, I've done this myself in, in nonfiction that I've written is I'll look, I'll use Google maps now. Do you, do you make any, do you, does that, is that a tool that you use? Mm. Not that I just cost you so an hour far. a day searching around hmm. because you can walk down the street and I have these long descriptive oh, passages yes. of San Francisco, San Diego, some, someplace in California that I've never been, uh-huh. but I knew what they looked like because I was, I Google, I just drove around, drove along the streets in my little Google car. Very cool. Well, so now I can start a series like in St. Louis or something. I'm good. I, I, I suppose, <laughs> I suppose you can. I, I didn't the, the problem is you're like, what's this do? And then this is, that's the easiest one of the beyond with that second to Wikipedia in, I'm going to get nothing done today. Right. <laughs> exactly. So in the, in the second book, uh, that you did, you started to incorporate, um, uh, the Russian mob and sort of your Jamie August sort of kind of gets into some, uh, not to give a whole bunch of stuff away, but you did a reading, which we'll have on the, on the podcast page, but you also sort of incorporate Dubai, which obviously you're familiar with from the middle East. So yes. was this sort of like a, a natural inclination to kind of mash those two things? Or how- it was. Yeah. Because, um, I've been living overseas in the middle East now since 2009. And so part of the reason that I write these books is to remind me of home and, you know, it's a good antidote to homesickness really. And so, but I wanted to incorporate in the things that I'm starting to learn about the rest of the world. And I'm aware when I write these that Jamie August really doesn't know about the wider world. She's never traveled until Ocean City cover-up when she does. But so I wanted to bring in elements from 
my travels and from my, you know, newly expanded worldview, um, but drop them into Ocean City, partly just for the comedic value. Right. But that's one place where, where you can borrow heavily from your own, like you, you did feel this way. You did have these experiences. Um, Mm -hmm. and so one of the things that I've been obsessing over recently is, is this ability to bring your own life in without, without, when, without making it too false, right? So mm. you 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 are you're you're telling a story about yourself, but you're making it someone else, and you know what's not true. And if you can't get past that, I think it it can make. I know it makes my writing look flat. You know, there's there's this that it just doesn't ring true for me when I add fictional elements to to my fictional life. Hmm. No. Well, no, I think so. I think we and we talked, and we actually just talked about this in the last one. This so there's that that thin veil. We're both nonfiction people, okay. So I think it's harder for nonfiction people to blend, maybe the like who we are versus who we want our character to be. Right. Well, you know, for me, it's all about um, bringing in. I want to drop a fiction story. <sighs> I want to drop a fiction story, you know, a, a fictional. I'm sorry, I can't oh, just stop. Can you just silence? What a disaster! Me? There we go. I was just trying to make sure it was on silent. Oh, that's okay. We can now it is. Yeah, no, it's 12 minutes. I'll get it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll just sort of back up and cut something there. Right. <laughs> so one of the things that I I try to stick to when I'm writing fiction is I want to drop a a plot, a fictional plot and fictional characters into a really accurate setting. And so I want for all of the details about geography, about um, culture, about, you know, the way of life in a place to ring true, to be real. And so, um, you know, if I'm talking about an element that's going to advance the plot, or if there's, you know, a clue that I'm, you know, I'm dropping in, you know, in the dumpster behind the ice cream shop, that's fiction. Everything else I try to make real. So I'm trying to write something that's as close to nonfiction as possible with a bunch of wild characters and stories overlaid, mm. if that makes sense. Um, I think something particular about – would you is this mystery? It's a mystery. There, it's a mystery series. I think something mm-hmm. peculiar about mystery is you, you can't always let you, – you have to have a good idea what's going to happen. Like you have mm. to know when and where to drop clues, whereas mm. I think in a lot of other fiction – you can get away with letting the story reveal itself as you go along. I mean, you, you probably have to start off knowing who done it. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Well, that's the, the age-old question. Are you a plotter or a pantster? I've not heard that question. Oh. I'm not age-old yet. So the, I feel age-old all the time, though. <laughs> so the question is, are, do you plot or do you write by the seat of your pants? Ah. Plotter ah, or pantster. Okay, gotcha. And so in, uh, in Ocean City Lowdown, I was definitely a pantster, which is not the way to be if you're writing mystery, which meant that I had to go back and rewrite and yeah. reformulate and shuffle around entire sections of the book. So with Ocean City cover up, you know, I learned my lesson and I I wrote a much more careful outline and then just filled in as I went. And there was still some reorganizing because as you're writing, you know, you come up with a different or better idea. Right. And then you you go around and redo, but I'm working right now on the third book in the series. It's going to be called Ocean City Getaway. And with Getaway I wrote an even more detailed outline. I feel like the outline was really the hard part. 
like really, really detailed. But like, you feel like the rest of it will go smoothly. So yeah, I'm about a, th- about a quarter or a third of the way into the first draft. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like I'm doing a homework assignment. You know what I mean? Right. Because I know what I have to write. That's how the rest of us, that's how we write all the time. So I guess that's, <laughs> I guess that's how it goes if you're in nonfiction. Question, how do you ever get away from that? Like, so my, in, in my most, most recent book, it's, it's, so much research and just so much just thinking and thinking. Mm. I, don't, I don't outline, but you just, by the time I sit down, it's, I'm really just transcribing. Yes. Um, which, which is, which is what makes sense to me, which is why I'm, I'm so interested in how, and how fiction writers go through this process of plotting and an organ. I mean, she's, she's, you've got like, you have like NASA note, Taking machines and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I use Scrivener. <laughs> That's like, and so I was trying yeah, to explain okay. to him, and he was like, yeah, Google Docs. And I was like, no, Tony, you got to try Scrivener. It's got all this stuff. And he was like, no, Google Docs. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I, I think one of the things that I admire about a, a fiction novelist brain is that, um, so, so part of, maybe part of the reason that I write nonfiction is like, the story's already told. The story's already been out there. I'm just sort of either repeating the story or I'm kind of collecting the story sort of in my way. Um, but for me, one of the hardest parts about fiction is n- like knowing where to go and how to do it. And I think maybe that's why I'm drawn to nonfiction is I don't have to, m- I don't have to make that story up. The mm. story's already told. I just have to narrate it in my way. I just have to kind of pick the pieces of the story Fine, that yeah, I, I want to tell. So if the story's yeah. this big figure out what my piece is going to be. Whereas, you know, with the Jamie August series, I'd be like, so it goes kind of here, maybe that, you know, so I think that's, I'm always sort of fascinated by fiction writer brains and they can come up with these characters and, and they can put them in these situations. Cause I guess I'm just, I don't know if I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm lazy and I just can't pull it together, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think that's probably it, but <laughs> so what, what is it? How do, how do you kind of do you have to like kind of drop yourself into like a, a mindset for things or? Well, for, I'm sure that for every novelist, it's different for me. The Jamie August series is very character driven. So despite all of this stuff that I talked earlier about, you know, with regard to making a, uh, um, you know, making the st- setting real and creating a fictional piece out of a real place, the, the driving force or the inspiration behind this series is the character, Jamie August. And so the more I write about her and the more I think about her, the easier it is for me to imagine what she would do. You know, like what would Jamie August do? Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> w, w, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so for me, um, the, the, the more I, the more I do this, the easier and also more fun it becomes to imagine. Okay. So like, so for, for getaway, I'm not going to give too much of this away, <laughs> but, um, it it involves um, a series of bank heists, and so I think, well, what would Jamie August do as a roving reporter um, when confronted with a series of bank heists, and when confronted with the possibility that she's got some insider knowledge that she didn't realize she had? Right. And so, you know, you just take a couple of little nuggets of information and go, hmm. Well, okay, what would what would she do? Right. And so, you know, if I just like chill out and let myself go and not be all stressed about, you know, oh, I have to get this right, but just sort of riff on what would she do, then it becomes a lot easier to just churn out a first draft. And then the second draft 
yeah, the, might change, but well, and, and it's interesting the way you put it because having uh, a real place and a real character that there, there's automatically you're creating you're creating conflict and tension right there because the character is going to keep bumping up into into real into real buildings. I mean, not not literally running, mm-hmm. but the, the the character has to has to. Be made to fit, so her decisions are going to be driven by this real place that mm-hmm. you've gone through the trouble to establish. Right. So when one of the things that um, I had a wanted to ask was when you are doing things in Ocean City, do you have to be careful with or like change names of companies? Like I'm like in your reading, you reference Core Brothers, but then you also reference like. Like another store, and I'm like, is it okay that we can reference like we can't say Sensations or Candy Kitchen, but I can say Coors? But do you have to do? Is that does that play into the research of like what you do, or, or you just make sure we don't slander like some gigantic like landowner, or not landowner, but like you know, right, right, right. Well, yeah, in the first book there was that question actually. Exactly. Yeah, a, I, a I land would assume deal. so. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm I'm no lawyer, and I, I didn't consult one. So we're hoping everything's fine, <laughs> but. <laughs> If you don't I, have you know, the, the the president of Candy Kitchen butchering people in the back, you're fine. Like if they don't want to be in a book, they shouldn't have a storefront. Right, and yeah, no. So yeah. so far, no um no business owners have um. Well, that's not quite true. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, no, but I I tr- what I try to do, like for the Core Brothers reference, I figured that Core Brothers would have no problem with that because Jamie August loves Core Brothers, and it's the cornerstone of her fitness routine. Right, right. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm going with the real name. But then there are other instances where if if the reference is less flattering or if I've come up with a different name for a business that I think is better, then it's fiction, so I can use it. Right. Like, I hate your company name, therefore it's getting a new one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Why not? Absolutely. So um well that yeah, I just wanted to kind of when you go through I'm like I just wonder like how those kind of decisions come together. And I think I would probably play it the same way if it's going to be maybe not as flattering maybe change it and and all that yeah, yeah. If it's not as flattering i'll just put it on twitter and get it out of the way and just we'll, yeah we'll, just, we'll just just barrel in head first and we'll, we'll take the heat in the front yeah tony then, always says he's meanest on twitter yeah. kind of taking just a kind of a little bit of a diversion or a little different track away from the jamie august series but you also do a mystery theater dinner series as well i do so you really love mystery i, guess. I do you know mysteries are are my favorite genre um, I read, I read mysteries really all the time. I mean, I, I have to make myself read something other than a mystery. And when I travel, um, I try to read mysteries set in the place where I'm going. And it's surprising how much you can learn about a place. If you're, if you're reading an author who's doing like what I'm trying to do, which right. is place their characters in a real setting. So like we were, um, recently in um, Denmark, we went to Copenhagen and I found it, basically like the 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 most popular and successful mystery writer in Denmark um has a series and some of her work has been translated into English so i read like 3 of them right and um and it was great so when i arrived you know i knew something about oh this is the neighborhood where that character lived and oh this is this that is must the, be fun, yeah. It's cool. Fiction, fiction tourism. Put that on the put that on the books. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's a great way to do it. But so um 
so here though we were talking how did we get off on that subject because you were asking about the murder mystery dinner theater oh you said you went to copenhagen i was suddenly right. uh or Co- copenhagen Co- copenhagen copenhagen Co- uh, copenhagen copenhagen yeah why do you do mystery dinners and how does that occur yeah, like how do you... Uh... Right, yeah, completely different question. <laughs> it's all good, no worries. We'll just roll around wherever it goes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so these uh, these murder mystery dinner theater um, scripts, I've been doing them for about a year now, and um, there's a local uh, theater troupe. They're called Murder for Hire. Murder for Hire. Yeah. <laughs> As a, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and you can hire them for your company function or whatever for, you know, if you have a... a party that you want to provide entertainment for they'll you know they got you covered but they they perform also at the globe right here in berlin and this weekend they are performing a dinner theater show for the acetique point homeowners association it's just one of their summer entertainment things right um and so that's why i'm here this weekend um to to see it so this is the second performance that i've actually been in town to see that's very cool um Two things. So this weekend, you mean August 1st, the weekend of July 30th? Correct. Okay. Um, just be, we don't want time travelers. Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also that, I, I mean, we spoke with Andrew who's had some plays put on, but that must be, that must be kind of cool to sit down and see how they are interpreting. Cause you don't direct it, you write it and then you have to live with it. And then I have to do. let it go. Oh, it's thrilling. It's yeah. totally thrilling. So I should say though, that these, these dinner theater performances are completely like goofball comedy like you know you think the jamie august series is sort of comedic these things are really really silly Mm -hmm. so you know i I have to come up with uh, there's a there's a, a formula that i really have to follow in order for it to work in the you know just the way that they do things you know it has to be about 20 minutes of dialogue and then they break for dinner and then about 15 minutes more after dinner that has to include a murder and an accusation of every character and a wrap up. So it's, it's really formulaic, but then within that, and the, it's pretty much the same troupe. But you're, time. but you're, but you're constrained. We were talking about that last week as well. You're also, you're, you're constrained by how formulaic it is. Like, you, like it's, it's a challenge to be more creative in a smaller space. Yeah. Which is freeing in a way. It makes it really fun to go, okay, well I've got six characters. It's like a puzzle. I've got like six, sure. six actors, 20 minutes here, break for dinner, 15 minutes there. You know, they all have to know each other. They all have to have reason to kill each other. And now, it's great. What, what is it like? <laughs> Everyone and, has to kill each other. And you've got, you've got a sense of what the actors look like. So, yes. Yeah. So you're, you're kind of incidentally maybe doing the casting as you're doing the writing. Yes. Well, not incidentally. Actually, the, <laughs> for the first couple, all I had was photographs. I hadn't even seen them act. Right. So that was really just a shot in the dark. But now I've seen them. That's also a pun. That's, a, yeah. <laughs> murder mystery um, theater. Murder <laughs> <shot in the laughs> <dark>. <laughs> so um, I, I, was, I was thrilled and amazed. The first, the first one that I saw was back in February. They performed at the Globe. And um, this, this one was a... Um, the the plot, if you could call it that, was a, a group of like has been like rock, it's like this has been rock band that has been doing like um, like touring up and down the East Coast doing cover song you know like they're a cover band right yes that's what I'm trying to say they're a cover band <laughs> and they've been going you know from 
from Cape May to Ocean City to Virginia Beach for like 20 years, mm. and they're worn out. But anyway, so I, I you know I, I cast these people that I barely know. I've seen photographs of them, and I made one of them the the main character, the the, the singer. Um, I called him Rick Thunder. I love it. Why not? So Rick Thunder like comes comes like rolling in to the to the dining room of the Globe Theater, like he owns the place, like he is Rick like Thunder. Rick Thunder, the rock legend. <laughs> That's wonderful. And it was great. And afterwards, I, you know, I was talking to him, and he was overwhelmed with how f- much fun he had doing the role. He was like, "That was the best role I've ever done." And I've been doing this for like fifteen years. Oh my god! And so now it's really a treat because now I've seen them, and I feel like I am writing for them. And I'm like, well, you know, if he could do Rick Thunder, then he could totally like be a shyster timeshare salesman, right? Or a, you know, whatever. Mm. So. Yeah, so it's really fun. That actually sounds like a ton of fun. Actually, yeah, I've I've never been. It's 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 one of those things. It's always there are lots of things that are always second on my list. It's like mm. I would really do that, but there's just, but I'm not gonna. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like. Eh. You mean write such a thing or just no, go no, no, see no, no. one? Go to go to go to dinner theater. <laughs> oh, you should do it. Come on, it's one it's one I, night. You can do it. I, I know it's 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 <laughs> only because I've almost I, I swear to God I've almost seen them maybe ten times mm. since I've been working here because they they come to the Globe every year. Yeah, right? they do multiple times. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, oh, I'm totally going to that. And I'm like, well, now you have to. Well, now you have like, to. It's like yeah, now I do have to, especially to say it out loud. But it's like you know, it's the end of the day. I'm like, I, I just want to go home. Never mind. You know, you have those. <laughs> You run out of gas, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go." I'm well, no, gonna go. I've, I've I've known a couple of people that have been to them, and they say they're so much fun. And I would actually, I mean, I I almost went to the one that was there last year. I think last year was yours that was at the club, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But um, people, yeah, go you could see Rick Thunder, I, your own self. Man, I feel like, <laughs> man, I need to like go back in time and kick Stephanie from a year ago, right? But no, that's. I don't know. So, like, when you're so when you're doing that, how? I mean, is it? Do you do you storyboard it? I mean, is it like postcards? I mean, uh, like you know, like note card. I mean, how do you put that puzzle together? Well, with this one, actually, it was it was a pretty easy process because when I spoke to um, Tony Matrona, who organizes these the all of all of these performances, he's sort of their. I guess he's their director, but you know, he's he's the brains behind the operation. Right, yeah. Um, he gave me a stack of scripts that they had been using in years past. Mm-hmm. So they needed a new writer. They're, 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 you know, they, they'd been starting to reuse some of their, their material. So they needed more stuff, but they knew exactly what they needed. So he said, here, you know, whomph, here's 10 scripts. This is the formula. Mm-hmm. So after reading those, I really kind of got it, you know, okay, sure. 18 pages. Okay. Break here. Okay. You know, these people, it, it was all, it was easy. I mean, I don't want to say it was easy. It was, it was a challenge, but it was, Ooh, it, was yeah, it was very just... clear what the project was after seeing all those examples. The dialogue is not as easy as it looks, and I can say this because I, I heard you. I heard you read like your dialogue is good. It's not tedious, but it, it so you. easily can become tedious. Mm. And I mean, I'm sure with the accent, if you if you want to listen to the to the reading, she does she does an accent, which is which is helpful, but. Um, uh, the the thing that always kind of amazes me about plays is that it's it is just dialogue. I mean, yeah, they make faces or whatever, but the the story is the story is so tied up in dialogue. And talk about how you get 
the point across? Like, do you, do you start with the point and then get the dialogue, or do you let the dialogue take you? How is it different from like putting together a, a dialogue in a book? Well, usually what I do with these murder mysteries is I I sit down and I just do just an off the cuff draft that's not dialogue. I just write down what happens. Okay. I just write down what the. Actually, let me back it up. What I do first is I write the list of the cast of characters. So, you know, in a, in a play, the first thing right. before the action starts is there's a, there's a description of every character. And since the, these murder mysteries are all about a group of people who all have relationships of one kind or another with each other and who all, in fact, might potentially kill each other, I have to get all of that, you know, sort of family tree or relationship tree very clearly defined. So I do that first. Mm -hmm. And then I just do a little draft, like, you know, this is what happened. And then from there, I have to back it up and write the actual dialogue. They have to say what happened. They have to say what happened. And you're right. It is. It's it's a challenge to write dialogue that doesn't sound completely stilted and overly, you know, burdened with explanation right because you have to say things that people you have to write things that people would actually say right. and not hi i'm captain exposition right exactly <laughs> exactly you want to avoid that and then there's i would also think with i mean in a book you've got a lot of time to for the dialogue and the exposition to kind of pull together and kind of paint this picture I mean, you've got many many pages where i would think in the in the when you're writing that short play and, and that script writing I mean, word choice and nuance, and especially with not being able to reveal the whodunit part, there's like a, you know, sort of that, uh, the the nuance and the subtlety and the word choice, I think are going to be very, that has to be a challenge, which I think looks like you probably love to sink your teeth into that part of the challenge as well. Yeah, yeah, it really, you have to cram a lot into a very short space. But also, happily, these things are so over the top that, I don't have to be particularly subtle. You know, I mean, if, if, if Susie hates Johnny, she'll come up to him and scream in his face. I hate you. You know, I mean, (laughs) it doesn't doesn't have to really be very, you don't don't have to count on an actor to slink around the stage and look. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's, see, there's no time for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful. Um, Just real quick. We, uh, we always like to talk about promoting books. Um, So how, besides coming on world renowned podcasts, do you (laughs) promote your book and do you do, do you do things socially? Do you, well, um, because I live overseas, it's it's a challenge to it's a treat when I get to come here and when I get to you know do podcasts in the United right. States and and um, you know I do I do farmers market appearances and um, readings and stuff when I can when I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I have to just rely on the word of mouth of my readers, um, and so I sell books on my website it's just you know a link to amazon so you can find my books on amazon you can find my books um you know both electronically and in in print online um but yeah beyond that it's just word of mouth and happily i have lots of friends who are chatty and so right the word of mouth is really yeah there is actually kind of works yeah our last uh second friday so every in in the town of berlin we have a second friday art stroll and usually all the businesses open up and host someone and people go on the street and set up their wares and stuff and so i had a couple authors in um the second friday in july and uh this couple came in from pennsylvania 
And she starts talking about this mystery series set in Ocean City. And I'm like, oh, well, if you like that, there's a lady named Kim Cash. And she's got this, um, you know, mystery series. So if you like Ocean City, you like mystery. She's like, oh, I've got both those books, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, so here's a lady from like, uh, like, I don't know, Pittsburgh somewhere. I don't remember where it was. But she like rolled in here and I thought like, oh, well, she's visiting Ocean City. Let me tell her about this local Ocean City and blah, blah, blah. She kind of likes that. And then she was like, oh, I already have that. Those, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I was like, well, awesome. That's awesome for Kim. But now I'm like, uh, you know, so <laughs> I'm like, I'm out of suggestions. And, uh, and then I had someone else who asked me, someone else who said that they had an idea about writing a book based on Ocean City. And I was like, well, if you want to see it done well, I was like, let me recommend. And I recommended your book too. It was a, a lady who kind of walked in and she's like, you know, what do you do here? And I was giving her the whole, whole spiel of, you know, what we do here at Saltwater and and she's like, well, I have this idea to put a, I've got this thing about Ocean City and some blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, if you, and she's like, but I'm not, and that's, and she was like, I'm not sure about if I can use names of buildings and companies and whatever and right. how to, how to really frame that up. And she wasn't a local. And I said, well, if you want to see it done, see it done well with a really cool cover and all the pieces function and they work well and it's good writing and it's concise and it's interesting and the characters are vibrant oh then you need to go read this and she was like and so she, you know i wrote it down for her so i mean i'm doing i'm you know i'm i'm pushing on this so side, how do you so. feel about the book i like it i like it a lot <laughs> well no what i what no what i like about what i like about it is that jamie august comes off the page to you within the first 20 yeah, take within, a listen to the reading it was, it was yeah the reading is fantastic yeah. but i've also like you know the first like 20 pages of ocean city lowdown you you feel like you you know her she feels like a, a friend you went to college with oh, i mean she's I'm very so glad to hear that she's very vivid and mm. she kind of comes right off the page and she's spunky and she's kind of got these quirks and i'm like i feel like i know her so i feel like it, it is well done i feel like you do you don't treat ocean city Sometimes like Tony treats Delmarva, um, you know, you, you, you know, you, uh, you know, you, you handle the material well, your characters are, are, are brilliant. And, um, so I, I highly recommend it. And that's why I was so excited that you Thank would come you. all the way from Saudi Arabia to come hang out with us couple of nerds. Uh, oh, I'm oh, really we pleased. Fly well, her in. We, 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 we <laughs> sent the saltwater media oh, yeah, helicopter the, for the her. saltwater, the saltwater jet. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. We're, yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> well, the one thing that I will say, though, is that, uh, you know, you were asking me earlier about um, how do I promote my books. And so, um, you know, organizations like Saltwater Media make such a huge difference for uh, for authors, for local authors, for, you know, people who are trying to do this thing. I mean, this is a hobby. This is like nobody quits their day job to write books like this. And so it's great to have champions like Saltwater doing this kind of stuff because... You know, I don't have the time or the inclination or the knowledge to do, uh, you know, social media promotion and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I have a day job. Right. And so, you know, it's really great to see that there are people like you guys who are steeped in this all day. This is what you do. Yeah. And, yeah, I, and I think, you know, for me, you know, being an independent author, being, you know, a self-published author myself, I, I feel very strongly that I want to be an advocate for the self-published, for the indie author, because not every big traditional publisher is going to pick us up, but that doesn't mean our stories aren't worth telling. Right. Jamie August, the, the, these, the, your stories are absolutely worth telling. They're well done. They're well crafted. Um, the characters are interesting. It's, it's a very well done series. And I feel like 
there are and there are others that you know we've had on the podcast who they have really interesting stories and they should be told and there has to be somebody out there with a bullhorn saying pay attention to us and so if i can be one tiny little person with a giant bullhorn you know that was the whole reason why we started the podcast was we wanted to be an advocate we wanted to help share these stories and try to push them out there so that is my thank you box yeah (laughs) well now's a part of the show where you thank the guests Gosh, well, thank you so much, Kim, for, for coming on. I was, I was just delighted to have you here. It was my great pleasure. This was such fun. Thank you both. Thank you. So What's Your Story was recorded at Saltwater Media, an indie book publisher in Berlin, Maryland. To hear more, visit www.saltwatermedia.com. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or on Stitcher. And if you want other people to hear more, give us a great review there. Tell your story.